The following interview originally aired on the Monday Point. You can listen to The Point each weekday at 9 a.m. in Central Oregon on KPLV Radio, 88.9 FM, and from anywhere at kplv.org, The Point. Hi, Jerry. It's great to be with you again today. Thank you, Caroline. Good to be here. Yes, we talked just a short time ago, too, about a class that you're teaching, and we're going to do the same today. And this one is, of course, at COCC, just like the other one was, a fast track to stronger immunity. So that's a good one to know so that we can be healthy longer in our lives. So tell us about that. Well, the immune system is just an amazing thing. It's really a group of several systems. And put together, it's the most energy-consuming system in the body. Digestion is a close second, but immunity is really huge. And it's not, our immune system doesn't just fight microorganisms. It handles toxicity. It's busy fighting inflammation, which is, I consider chronic inflammation a an American epidemic because of our diet and our stress levels. Uh Uh, So the immune system does a lot of things. And so, yeah, when I teach the class, I do, because I'm a dietitian, I do focus quite a bit on the dietary part of it, but you know, there's sleep and, and getting enough water and exercise and getting enough movement, keeping your circulation going, reducing stress. All of these things really help the immune system. And because it is so energy consuming, anything that makes us more tired, like not getting enough sleep, is a burden on the immune system. Right. Yes. And they they do say that constant inflammation is one of the things that can sap us maybe about more than any other thing that, that goes on in our lives because it does. It just uses up those stores that we should be able to use for other things, I understand. Yeah, well, it's good that you're aware of that because there's still a lot of Americans who don't understand how, what causes it, how damaging it is to the body. When inflammation is chronic over time, it can actually cause tissue damage that's irreparable. And like I say, it keeps the immune system really busy and not available as available for other things like COVID. (laughs) Oh, yes, right. And, And our immune systems have been a big topic of conversation because of COVID and the effect that that it has had on people, whether they're vaccinated or not, you know, because our immune system does have so much to take care of. So chronic inflammation is caused by a number of different things. It's probably not just one thing that helps to create it and keep it going in our system. Yeah, stress is is uh, a cause of inflammation, but really the number one cause of chronic inflammation is diet. We have been tampering with our soils and our foods, just, well, of course, our air and water too, but our diet is a, is a core reason. Just an example, you know, there, I'm sure are still a lot of people out there who think that grass-fed meat and pasture-raised poultry and eggs, that that's sort of a fad. Believe me, it's not. The demand for those things is, is because of the recognition of how different the, the meat or the eggs or the milk, how different they are if the animal's raised on grain versus grass. So for example, cows, their natural food is grass. 
And when they have that as their diet, their meat is high in the anti-inflammatory fatty acids, the omega-3s. When they are grain-fed, their flesh is high in the inflammatory omega-6 fatty acids. So they are really two different foods. And sometimes I get annoyed when I hear the studies, all the studies, so many of them that show that heart disease risk is so much higher for people who eat beef. Well, of course, because those studies are all done with grain-fed beef and that's what people are eating. And now, you know, if they were eating 100% grain-fed beef, they'd actually be doing something that would help their arteries in their heart. So... Right, right. And of course, eating a lot of vegetables, the right kind of vegetables in your diet helps a lot with that too, doesn't it? Fruits and vegetables, and I would say especially vegetables, but but they're both really valuable, are really big in anti-inflammatory eating. Yes. And, you know, for example, blueberries, all the berries, they're super high, you know, anti-inflammatory. And there's just so much good fiber there and so many you know, bursting with nutrients. And, and, and we get lazy. I get lazy sometimes too and don't want to take the time to fix vegetables, but it's very important. Right. And, and I understand, of course, there are different categories of vegetables. Cruciferous vegetables are the ones that are very, very good for us, that and leafy greens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So people who like things like cauliflower and broccoli and let's see, what are some of the others that are cruciferous vegetables? Those are great to to be eating and and squash and. Yes, Brussels sprouts. And now you mentioned squash. That's another thing I really encourage people if they want to lean into anti-inflammatory eating is to see if they can lean away from so much grain like wheat and oats and rice and so on, and lean more into non-grain starches. So that's, you know, potatoes and winter squash and carrots and beets. And if you, if you just look up online, roots and tubers, <laughs> roots and tubers, and make a list of the ones that you know you like or that you'd be willing to try, they're just packed with nutrients and they are so much easier on digestion and tissues than the grains. We've had a lot of over hybridization and chemical things put on the soils and the crops when it comes to to grains, especially, especially wheat. Right. And because so many of them are bleached and and have the, the, some of the better part of them taken out, like the holes on the outside, not having a hundred percent whole grains that gives you a lot of, of calories that are simple carbohydrates, which are not necessarily good for our health either. So staying Mm -hmm. away from that is. Yeah. White flour is really not a whole lot better than sugar. Most people don't know that starch, pure starch is really just long chains of glucose and there's no fiber. You know, if there's no fiber and fat and the natural things that go in the grain to slow down the breakdown of that, it can be broken down pretty quickly and it goes into the system as sugar. It is, it is actually just long chains of sugar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So in your class, do you give them examples of, of all of the better types of grains and, and of course, fruits and, and the complex carbohydrates, vegetables, and the types of meat that would be best to eat? Oh yes. Yeah. In terms of the plant foods, you know, there's a whole range of nuts Legumes and beans, but some people tolerate, some people don't. Fruits and vegetables, and, and a certain amount of grain is, is fine. 
you know, when it comes to the meats and, and eggs and so on, getting away from anything that is fed with grain and soy is good. So wild caught fish, not farmed fish. Farmed fish are fed a, you know, a produced food, almost like kibble for, you know, pets. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's full of, of a grain and soy and so on. And when it comes to grass-fed beef, for example, you don't just want to look for grass-fed. You want to say it to say 100% grass-fed. And you often have to ask because if it just says grass-fed, it might have been grain-finished. And then you've lost a lot of the benefit. And same with, with chicken. They have all these different descriptors, free-range and cage-free and pasture-raised. And what you want is pasture-raised. And I've tried to think of a way to help people remember that if they aren't in a place where they can jot it down. But pasture raised is the longest (laughs) phrase. (laughs) And pasture raised is what you want, both in terms of poultry and eggs. Oh, okay. Yes. And, you know, the neat thing about Bend is there are a lot of, of small farms around here where people can get things in the farmer's markets that that come from a lot of naturally grown farms and produce and vegetables it's it's really cool and also the if they're going to eat meat too you can buy beef that has been raised right here in central oregon and butchered at a butcher shop and something that's not packed in from you know trucked in from someplace else Right. Oh, yes. And again, just aiming for that grass fed, 100% grass fed. And they're delicious, too. (laughs) It's really tasty. Yes, yes. So it not necessarily going vegan or vegetarian, you can still have a good diet that that helps with with cutting down on that inflammation, and also helping you to get some of the right nutrients that you need in your system. Yes, absolutely. So you, do you talk about supplements in your class too? Definitely. That is on my list. I start with a list of three supplements that I think pretty much every adult in the United States needs. I know that might sound strange, but we have been altering the nutrient levels in our foods dramatically the last 50 to 70 years. If you knew the figures, they would really shock you. Just for example, the amount of vitamin C in broccoli is about 50% of what it was in the 50s. So there's just so much tampering going on. So anyway, I for adults, I recommend a good multiple, hopefully what is called a whole food multiple, not the company whole foods, but a multiple oh. that is made from whole food. So a new chapter is a good whole food company. Mega food is a good whole food supplement company. Garden of Life, although they're more expensive, they're also very good. A good multiple, vitamin D. Vitamin D is essential for healthy bones, for your immune system. It's really important for your immune system. And there's so much in the literature out there still that you can get enough vitamin D from sunlight. No, no, you really can't. <laughs> Things Not even if you're outside a lot. I have clients in Hawaii who don't wear sunscreen and they're outdoors all the time. And without a vitamin D supplement, their vitamin D levels are just in the ditch. And, and there are many reasons for it. I know we don't have time to go into all of it, but for example, we bathe almost every day. Most people bathe every day or every couple of days. And the process by which ultraviolet light turns cholesterol on the skin into vitamin D takes time. It makes that chemical change. Then it has to be reabsorbed into the system. 
And if you're too clean, if you're always washing those oils off, it doesn't happen very well. And then people have congested livers, which is where vitamin D is metabolized. It's, it's sort of a long story. And of course, a lot of people do wear sunscreen too. Right. So vitamin D is essential for the okay. immune system and for bones. And then the omega-3 fatty acids. We used to be getting plenty of omega-3 fatty acids from grass-fed beef and, you know, pasture-raised chicken and fish. Fish was a core part of the American diet for such a long time. People went and fished, fed their families, you know, mm-hmm. and, and lakes and, and beans. Beans were also a really central part of the American diet. So all of those foods we're eating less of, and it's really a challenge for most people to get enough omega-3 fatty acids unless they are taking a supplement. And it's, it's really important for your bones. It's important for inflammation. Omega-3 is, you know, anti-inflammatory. So those three, a multiple vitamin D and a source of omega-3, like cod liver oil or flaxseed oil, those are the big three. And then for those of us that are aging, CoQ10 is also really important. By the time we're in our 50s, and especially by the time we hit 60, our production of a lot of valuable chemistry in the body, not just our sex hormones, but our other hormones and our hydrochloric acid for digestion and, and CoQ10 and a lots of important chemicals, our production of those things starts to fall. And as you and I have talked about, we're living longer than ever. You could easily live another 40 years after the onset of that gradual decrease in these important substances. Mm -hmm. So CoQ10 is, is just a great addition for those of us that are aging. If you don't have enough CoQ10, you tend to develop muscle weakness over time sexual dysfunction, cognitive dysfunction. And those are all things that we just write off as being because we're older. Well, in a way they are because we're not making enough CoQ10. Right. Yeah. Right. And the the class itself is going to be on January or February the 15th. I'm sorry. I almost said that wrong. February 15th from 1030 until noon at COCC. Are there still openings available for this class? There are for that class. Okay. The COCC continuing education. Gosh, I should have that phone number right hand. I don't Oh, okay. Yeah. At 541-383-7270. Cause I happen to have their latest flyer sitting here beside me. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, well, that's cool that there people can still get into that class and register online. And before we have to quit, I also want to review too. You mentioned very briefly, as we said, hi, that you are a, a dietitian. So tell our listeners about your history as, as a dietitian and, and your credentials. Well, I was raised by a mother who was really into holistic natural foods way back in the 50s. So I was reading her books, Adele Davis and Gaylord Hauser, when I was just a kid, and I was just very interested in it, and eventually went to uh, and studied it in college, switched from a nursing orientation to become a dietitian. And then I did some mainstream jobs and just realized that I was really not happy in mainstream medical in that place because I was raised holistically. So I opened a private practice. I went my own direction. But I always kept my, myself doing something part-time on the side. I worked in public uh-huh. health and worked in medical clinics, alternative medical clinics, and so on. Um, yeah, so that's my background. I'm, I'm, I'm really 
my orientation is to help people learn as much as they can to do as much for themselves as they can, because our healthcare system is really broken in so many ways. And we're victims of that. And so are the doctors, so are all the practitioners. And so we have to do a lot on our own and uh, not just with nutrition, because as I said, our foods are highly tampered with, but in all, all arenas of health. Right. And one last question that I I meant to ask you before, but I'm going to ask you now, do you give people in your class some ideas of great websites where they can go to for healthy recipes and ideas about how to have a pretty balanced diet in their life? Yeah, I usually include several website links. Yeah, to let them know what depending on what the topic is. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can search on your own. There's just so much there. Right. Although sometimes, even though one group will say, well, we've got a real corner on what is good, good diet and, and good practices. Sometimes you look at it and you go, really? That's true. <laughs> so they have to, they have to do have to look at it with just a little bit of skepticism. And, and like you said, look up things on their own. You have a private practice that, that you run. Tell our listeners the name of that. My company is Nutrition Speak. And so the website is Nutrition Speak, S P E A K, uh-huh. nutritionspeak.com. Mm-hmm. All right. So if they go on the web, they can find that and be able to contact you. And as you said the last time we talked, that if somebody's interested in asking questions, they don't even have to attend a class to, to be able to get in touch and get some good advice. Sure, absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't charge for five and 10 minute phone calls. If somebody has a question, wants to call me, I'm happy to, to talk with them. Wonderful. Jerry, Sarah, it has been great to get to talk with you again. And I think that the people who take this class are going to find a lot of great information to help them out and to try to maintain their health and go into the rest of their life with, with a good outlook on, on beneficial foods and practices that they can have. Yes, tuned up for the next 100,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks so much, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.